we'll sort those out that later. Pretty much yeah, yeah. Our, uh, we're always on a deadline, so we don't want to... Uh, oh, all right, okay. Yeah, we're always on a deadline. We can't so what have I missed? Uh, you've missed Steve making an absolute mess with that flapjack. I'm not sure about the coffee. Is the coffee okay? Because I'm not a great coffee maker. Not trying it yet. Okay. I'll, I'll review it in a minute. All right, okay. Chinch, you, you, it's not, it's it's you've just stuck a capsule in an espresso machine. Yeah, but it is kept there, stopping is there any way you and starting, stopping and starting. When you go back on your head... So I don't know about the strength of the coffee, the the heat in the milk... Keep it settled. Is it? I don't know. It looks there's steam coming there's off steam it. Steam coming off it, and which it looks is always relatively a good creamy. Sign. So I'm I'm happy. Okay. Okay. Excellent. Thank Dogs you happy? They're barking. That's not Matt's next door's dog. Oh, is that David Jones' job? No, no, no. That's the people that we don't speak to on the other side who are terrible people. Um, <laughs> they have a sheepdog, which they proceed. Someone's going to deliver something to my house. It's probably. Yeah, it's my autobiography. Hold on. It is just a man with an Amazon package. How exciting! It'll be my tactics board. It'll be. <laughs> It'll be chin up. It won't the be. story. It'll be somebody who lives about four doors down the street is not in, and would you mind looking after his car for them? <laughs> yes, it is. It's for next door. Told you. It's for next door. That was not. That was not the look of a man who would, was the, who was about to walk up to his first front door so, on the street. So, so they're barking because he just tried to deliver that package. Yes. <laughs> That's hilarious. Uh, Life in rural Cheshire, everyone. Chin, why are you getting a tactics board? Um, do you want me to explain it now or not? Mm. Only if yeah. it's very quick. It's because we like do... Like Sky started doing touchscreen analysis. So, so you know these, practice? Yes. You know these boards where you have magnetic counters? So if I've got an idea I want to talk about, a formation that I want to show, I can practice at home before I then do it on the touchscreen. That is dedication. That day. is dedication. Is it? Can so I suggest? Straight, People think that television pundits, former players, just turn up and make it up as a game. A lot of them do. do. Right, a lot of them do, yes. Just chin, I don't tend to, those don't tend to maybe, do that. Maybe our first ever set-piece menu Facebook Live should be Chinch practising doing tactics really? on a That'd tactics be, board. That mm. would be lifting the curtain, wouldn't it? Chinch, Chinch basically preparing for his next Sky commentary. Mm. Yeah, that's but true. Mm. But you know, these they, they do have them at, at teams. I don't know whether City would have them or the big clubs would have them. They probably have projectors and all that type of stuff. But you know the magnetic yeah, yeah. counters that you can... Well, they, Everton, they, Everton they do it on an iPad that's beamed onto a larger oh, screen. Now, Which one of us would you like to take on the role of the studio pundit mm. who deliberately comes up with the opposing view to yours just to upset you? Or mm. who just repeats it at half-time when you've said it during mm. commentary. Mm. Yeah, the Merson effect. <laughs> um... Who would I like? Out of you three? Well, obviously, I'll but you're far too intelligent, so you would see things that clearly... No, you wouldn't see things that I haven't seen, because that wouldn't happen, would it? Um, <laughs> facially, you'd have to go with Rory. That, he's a face that people would want to see on yeah. your TV screens. He's, he's got the Steve, looks. I think Steve would be the... You've got the brains. Let's what? make lots of money. Yeah, I think Steve would be the one that there's would too, be there. There's too much yeah. love going mm. on between these two, by the way. There's not me, me and Rory right turned enough. up earlier at the same time. Mm. They were like, hey, great to see you. They're like, oh, and I'm like, oh, all right, Steve. No, it wasn't like yeah, that was, at all, was, was it? Is that because Steve eats whilst he's speaking? That's mm. probably why you don't like Interesting him. Interesting fact about terrible my Terrible manners. Yes, yes. <laughs> Looked terrible mm. on both television and photos. No, it doesn't. It's, it's av- and yet in real it's life. It's average in real life. I have a normal face in real life, a normal face. But look awful on TV and in photographs. So I've never seen you on TV or in a photograph. You don't see so maybe that's why I like you so much. You don't see me on TV. I very rarely, I, I, I try not to do it, to be honest. Because really? I'm, I, I don't like the way. Despite I look. the clamour. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. People very much enjoyed your um, your um, showing on BBC eating. Breakfast. But also here, have another bit of flapjack and then start <laughs> talking, Stephen. Kate, Kate, Kate. Doesn't does he? Kate regularly gets quite cross. Yeah. Because when we're on holiday, she'll say, "Should we? Should we have a picture?" And I'll say yes and take a picture of a landscape. <laughs> and she'll say, no, 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 with, with us in it. And I'll say, I'll, t- I'll take a picture of you. Yeah. And she'll say, no, no, let's have a picture of ourselves together. Or even, 
she'll ask to take a selfie. I don't like that. Uh, and I have to think of it's useless to get out of it because I hate pictures of myself. So we don't have any up in our house. We, I think we've got one of me, in which or not or just of me, but in which I am in. Just can't stand having my picture taken. It just I I know what I look like. I don't need to be reminded of it. We should fly tip Rory's house with pictures of him. Don't do that. That's awful. The uh, the, the selfie thing is a very very specific. Uh, formula that needs to be employed to have a selfie that works. It's to do with the size of head of the largest head compared to the length of arm of the longest arm. So, for example, if the short arm is taking on the side of the large head... Oh, disaster. Never going to work. So you need, for example, Gemma has very long arms. Interesting. I have a weirdly shaped head. So therefore, you have to be in the right position so that the long arm takes the photo and the head is on the furthest away side, does depending Gemma, on your perspective. Does Gemma have longer arms than you? She likes to think so, but no, not quite. So she's got long arms, you've got a head like a misshapen potato. <laughs> that is, <laughs> that is a recipe for a photographic disaster. <laughs> and hence, none up in the house. Rory's got one, we have zero. Welcome to Set Piece Many, the podcast where four friends talk football over food. We are once again sat around the Hinchcliffe family dining table, hoping that our dirty Greater Manchester fingertips uh, can be successfully wiped from this spotless Cheshire <laughs> tabletop. For those who don't understand the reference, know this that the M60 motorway is to some like the wall that Donald Trump can't seem to find the money for. Instead of keep them out, it's keep them in, keep them in. And Nikki Hinchcliffe has once again been an incredible hostess, so we thank her for that. We are recording the podcast a little later in the day than we normally do, hence the amount of flak jap that has already been introduced to you via the mouth of the ill-mannered uh, Stephen Wyeth. And also we have cakes and coffee which have the correct amount of froth. Are you happy what's, with it? What, I have a cup of tea. because What's I amazing at the risk of, of giving away secrets. So we have a box. I don't know the technical terms for the term for this box. But we it have is a, an ISDN Kubi. We have an ISDN Kubi that, we, that our microphones are plugged into. And inside that box is a little man who records it. That's the way this works. <laughs> yeah, right? that's exactly correct. <laughs> it's, a small, it's a small human. A small, a small a, man. An actual. <laughs> with cogs. And he, he writes the words down that we say and puts them onto cassette tape. And That's right. And I then, I then edit that by taking a knife to the bit of cassette yeah, tape and then sticking it together. And then you post it with to, his help. You post it to Apple and they yeah. put it on the, the right. iTunes website. You know, that, you know that perception that the population is gradually getting taller and bigger. Mm. But it's not. It's just because the smallest members of the population get put inside an ISDN yeah. for the benefit of podcast mm. Right, so... so so we've each got a, got a um, we each have a um, like a microphone going into the the man's house. This is an excellent this is an um, excellent uh, description. Where of what's are you going, going with this? Finally no, found a, we finally <laughs> found a subject that Rory doesn't know anything about. <laughs> this is brilliant. He's got, going. By the way, he's the one on the deadline. So if this takes <laughs> five <laughs> minutes, you can blame him. So the the man's house. We've each got a, a microphone lead that goes into it, and but we do Dra- have the op- drains, if you will, drains, drains into his. But house. We do have the option to to, to knock on his door each of us and turn our microphone off if we're about to sneeze or cough or eat, or a, flapjack. eat a flapjack. Mm. And there was a point during Hugh's introduction there where all three of our microphones <laughs> were turned off because we were all eating flapjacks. That is the only reason that I write that stuff. I'm turning mine off again to any more flapjacks. <laughs> to give you a break. Let's introduce the team then in a way a tour guide would before spending the day with his group in some foreign city, for example. I am Hugh Ferris, born in High Wycombe, living in Manchester. Steve. Hello, I'm Stephen Wyeth, born in Fleet, Hampshire, living in Manchester. Both of you have got a mouthful. This is terrible. <laughs> Rory, have you finished first? Je suis Rory. Je m'appelle Rory. <laughs> yes. Uh, j'habite à Manchester et je suis été born in Harrogate. <laughs> 
Je suis été born. How do you say I was born in? Uh, in je French. suis né. Je suis né. No. I was born. I am born. Oh, yeah. I yes. am born. I no. have been born. No. Why not just speak je English? Je suis né. Isn't being born one of the those verbs that takes the... I don't know. Why did you go down the French route, man? Got a laugh. I'll tell you what, you tell mm. us, Chinch, and um, I will what, translate my name it on where I was Google born translate. and where I live? Yeah. In French. No, why am I doing it in French? How would you have introduced yourself to Vimyon? <laughs> hello, hello, Vim! Because I thought he was from Germany, he wasn't, he was in Holland. Uh, do you want me to introduce myself? Yes. Andrew George Hinchcliffe. Hello there. Uh, I was born at Withenshaw Hospital, 5th of February 1969 at 12.30. Uh, yeah, and I live... Yeah, by the way. Just, right. Have you just Googled that? <laughs> yes, oh, embarrassing. Googled. And I live in the leafy suburb of Woodford, South Manchester. No, it's Woodford, Cheshire. Why do you You're say it's South Manchester? I am south of Manchester. Am you I not? are in Cheshire. Do you have an SK postcode? So wait a minute. I don't care. Do you have I an didn't SK say postcode. Do you have an SK postcode? I don't care. I am south of Manchester, am I not? Well, in that case, we are so south of Manchester. Yeah. And? Brilliant. What's your point? <laughs> you progressed to being a 14-year-old temper tantrum Not at all. Teenager. I'm not folding my arms or anything. We want to take a second to thank those on Twitter who have very kindly recommended us to their friends. Steve has managed to get rid of coffee and flapjack in enough time to be able to tell us. Perhaps a little roll call of those people that we'd like to thank and give a name check to so that they stay our friends. Yes, it is very uh, overwhelming, actually, how many of you have been... Very kind to us uh, on Twitter and uh, with the iTunes re reviews of late. Uh, quick mention for John Henschel, Phil Goldring, a boy with a thorn on Twitter, and Jake Penrow, who simply said, at Mark Rubes, thanks for making me aware of at Set Piece Menu's existence. It's incredible. At Set Piece Menu is where you can get us on Twitter. Setpiecemenu at gmail.com is the email address. And another thank you as well to those who have so enthusiastically helped to make Best Man Billy's life very busy over the last few weeks. We launched our Premier League Table Predictions League contest thinking we might get about 20 people joining in. But you have done so in your hundreds. Billy has had to find exciting ways to accommodate you all and it has meant knuckling down during his summer holiday to Ireland as well as on his 10th wedding anniversary when he was responding to texts from Steve <laughs> yeah. and I as he was sending back a picture of the church where he got married. He actually so, had to send a picture selfie of him outside the church where he's married stop, to send stop, him stop, please, I stop have an important day planned um, so to his wife Rose sorry uh, to Billy thank you we should give his business a plug shall we for all your planning needs particularly in London and the southeast of England head to planningsense.co.uk he really is very talented indeed uh, do keep an eye on the Premier League table predictions table that's <laughs> really not going to work and see how you get on we'll be giving regular updates of course and mocking our own terrible efforts uh, along the way now, as on every set-piece menu, we're going to spend the next half an hour or so talking about one footballing subject that eventually screeching to an inevitable halt when we realise there'll be no conclusion forthcoming. So on this week's pod, does a manager's age matter? Nobody really raised an eyelid when Pep Guardiola took over at Barcelona. He was 37 at the time, but whole brows went up upon the appointment of, for example, Julian Nagelsmann at Hoffenheim or Ian Cathro, poor Ian Cathro, at Hearts. At the other end of the scale, many older managers seem to be past it, out of touch, but the likes of Luis Aragonés, Otto Rehagel and Fernando Santos all won major international tournaments in their 60s, two of them in particular against the odds and using wily means, shall we say, while Claudio Ranieri had a lifetime of second places before the most incredible first place of them all with Leicester as a 63-year-old. So, does a manager's age matter? Much like Donald Trump in a scripted speech, Andy is hearing this for the first time. So we'll maybe give you a moment to to rest on your I'm laurels. thinking it over. Thinking it over. Mulling it over. Does a manager's age matter? This, the genesis of this, would you believe, was at a 
non-recorded meeting of three of us when we were enjoying Indian food at a local establishment in Didsbury. Um, so what was the, it was the, the gen- genesis, I think, was Maurizio Sari. Yeah. Um, and we all want to jump on the Napoli bandwagon, so let's start with him, shall we? Well, Maurizio Sari is a really interesting character because he's got a really long career in coaching, in management. It sort of dates back sort of 27, 28 years when he first uh, took, his, uh, took his first job in management in Italy. He has managed 18 different clubs but until four years ago, had never managed in the top flight of Italian football. He bought Empoli, a small, uh, a small town just outside Florence in Tuscany. He bought them into the top flight. And they had a great season in Serie A under him. And that brought him to the attention of an awful lot of big clubs. And his hometown club, Napoli, was amongst them. Took the job, took over from Rafa Benitez. And, and incredibly made them even better. I mean, Rafa knows a thing or two about coaching, doesn't he? But Maurizio Sarri took a team that finished fifth under Rafa and took them to second and then subsequently third last season. And they are, for many people, the best bet to sort of end the, the dominance of Juventus at the top of Italian football. They could well win the title this year. In fact, no team in Italian football has picked up more, at the time of recording, has picked up more points in the calendar year than Napoli have. And what makes his achievements there all the more remarkable is the most significant bit of transfer business they've done since Sari's been in charge at Napoli is to sell Gonzalo Higuain. There's very little else of note. They, 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 they signed Arik Milik to replace Higuain, but he spent a large majority of his first season injured. And yeah, he's got some really talented players, the wonderful Lorenzo Insigne, uh, Marek Hamšík, Jose Cajon, who have been there for, for years and years and have been mainstays of the club. But he has come in and clearly through coaching now has made those players even better. And last season, remarkably, took what was effectively a backup attacking midfielder in Dries Mertens and turned him into the club's top scorer. In fact, he outscored Higuain last season, Dries Mertens. Only Edin Dzeko at Roma scored more goals than he did. So it, to me, he is just a, a, a truly remarkable man who has more than served his apprenticeship, has come to Napoli and has turned them into one of the most exciting teams to watch in Europe. The fact that they are in the same Champions League group as Manchester City is, is sensational. Those should be two really wonderful games when they meet during the group stage. And yeah, I, I'm full of admiration for the man. Are we saying that age is different to experience? Yeah, that's exactly mm. the point so, I was trying to make, sorry. Experience suggests quality of career. Yeah. You've got experience at the top level. You've got Champions League experience, whereas age just means having a career. Yeah, and I think, but I think, the, yeah, experience is obviously crucial. Whether you get that as, as at a young age, like I'm sure we'll talk about Julian Nagelsmann a little bit later. Uh, but he is, you know, Maurizio Sarri has benefited from mistakes I'm sure he's made early on in his career, and having finally got his shot at top flight football has then also done that crucial thing which is a lot harder to control is that having got the opportunity at a top job he's made a success of it how many you know coaches of whatever ages of, of wait for their wait for their moment in the sun with a with a club with resources and and potential and, and unfortunately things don't work out well he's made sure that it has at Napoli so Chinch if you're if you're a player mm. and a new manager comes into a club do you give any consideration to their age for example you had Paul Jewell who's a younger manager you had Howard Kendall as, yeah, a, yeah. as an older manager Joe it'd be Royal. fair to say yeah, that yeah. neither of those two necessarily were your favourite managers mm. so did, did it matter to you did you want somebody with experience of managing whether it's high level or low level or any sort of level or did you want somebody who was closer to your age and a recent player so they understood the recent playing of the game and perhaps just could identify with you as a player a little bit when I was playing I never gave it any conscious thought about the age of the coach or the manager coming in it was how they could work with you because I worked with Danny Wilson who was a relatively 
inexperienced, youngish coach who was absolutely fantastic. His man management, his ideas, and he hadn't had 10, 15, 20 years of managing um, under his belt. So obviously he had learned things very quickly and had a very good relationship with his players. And he was a lot younger than, say, Howard Kendall or Joe Royal or some of the other coaches that I worked under, Colin Harvey at, uh, at Everton. So I never really constantly thought, I just thought about the relationship between a coach and the player was the most important thing. Eddie Howe, is he just as good a coach as Arsene Wenger? Hearts, it's because obviously, they, in terms of experience, they're, they're light years apart, aren't they? But would a player work any differently under Eddie Howe? Would he think any differently about him being his coach? than he would do under Arsene Wenger. I think the experience that Arsene Wenger has and, and the kind of how um, the esteem that Wenger is held with, I think will go a long way with players. Isn't They'll probably give him a little bit respect. more time than they would. Yes, exactly. Isn't, the respect that, they hold if, him in. If you yeah. have a, a manager who comes into your team and has been doing it for 40 years, yeah. but you don't have any respect for their methods, mm. that makes no difference that they've been in the game for 40 years because you might have respect for somebody who's been in the five yeah. in the game for five years and mm. prove to you that they are the right manager for you or for the club. Yeah. So it's about the, the, the levels of respect necess- more, more necessarily than the end. It, it, it is. And that, the respect is... An important thing that probably happens off the training field. Once you get onto it, it's then the work that they are willing to do, you can do with you, the way that they can communicate. You can have, you know, in my time, you had players who were kind of mid to late 30s playing and coaches coming in who are early 30s, which 25, 30 years ago didn't tend to be the case. It isn't really the case now, is it, that the players can be, certain players can be older than the coach that's actually working with them. So... Is it age, is it experience? Like what you're saying about the, the, the Napoli coach, surely that's his experience over the years. Okay, but he's not, he's not managed at the very top yeah. level, has he? So it's interesting that he's been doing it at a certain level. He's been asked to take a step up and he's able to do it at that level. Surely that's the experience that he's had, not his, his age in, in, in numbers. Six of those 18 clubs that Sarri has managed are like Tuscan yeah. minor yeah. amateur clubs, aren't they? So he's only had 12. I, I know still the numbers are, are boggling, but uh, 12 of those have been professional clubs and only one or two in the top flight. Yeah, I mean, mm. man, man, managers have fairly short shelf lives at, at clubs in most European countries, but perhaps more so anywhere than in Italy, where they very often find themselves on gardening leave and then they come back mm. into the job and the guy replaced him didn't, didn't work out. I guess what he's been able to do is make make his mistakes and mistake make his mistakes and learn his lessons at a lower level and has gradually worked his way up through the structure and then brought an unfancy team into the top flight which I think in England I'd be right in saying we'd, we'd still be generally suspicious of a manager who brought a team up from the championship into the Premier League and they did well in the Premier League that wouldn't be a path to them getting a, a top job in England but I feel like in Italy with Sari, it has been, and we've seen it more recently with Serbia Di Francesco, who did a great job at Sassuolo and is now the Roma coach. That um, that they they maybe they do recognise that achievement, and they they get the opportunity at a top job. Whether it lasts all that long, well, only time time will tell. It's like Neil Warnock. How many times has he taken clubs from the Championship to the Premier League, but, but then yeah. never get anywhere near? a top 10 club in the Premier League giving giving him a job but the difference surely you scrunched up your face so I know you disagree with me it's not no no I, I agree with you I, what I was what I was I wasn't scrunching my face I was expressing a query I think with Sarri it's slightly different because and you touched on this yourself he's Neapolitan so if Sarri wasn't from Naples oh yeah yeah fair enough would they have looked at the Empoli coach he did a great job with Empoli good, played good football and all, all that but I think part of that was that he's Neapolitan that made him appealing to, to Napoli I also think partly it's the right job coming up at the right time so Empoli had had a good season Napoli had lost the manager but it's about taking those opportunities when yeah. they come isn't it so if you got an Evertonian who who came up Napoli's 
they're probably sort of an, an Everton type of club. Na- Napoli really at the same level historically. Um, that even I'm sure that's insulting to both. But if you got like an Evertonian who brought some, you know, I don't know, Crawley or someone up and got them to 12th in the Premier League, this amazing story, and the Everton job became available, it, it might might just about. That was the, that was yeah. my face. It was my maybe just about not sure face. It wasn't if, a scrunching. If Sean Dyche was an Evertonian, would he have got the Everton job? It probably, if he was like a famous, I mean, being Neapolitan is different to being like supporting a football club, being, being Neapolitan is yeah. a, a national identity effectively. Yeah. So it's, then the other thing was Sarri that maybe held him back is his politics. Because he is, he is sort of a devout left winger. And I think that put off, A, maybe put him off, kind of... Is that why he's got the best out of Lorenzo Insigne, do you think? Nice. Although he, of course, Insigne likes to cut inside <laughs> up to the right. <laughs> so maybe, maybe not the best of comparison. He's a Blairite. <laughs> the, um, the, the, um, Damn yeah. those centrist fools. <laughs> ah. And that's why he's not playing with a central striker. Exactly, There's loads yeah. of jokes there. Um, N'Golo the, Conte's got no chance of joining Napoli, has he? <laughs> playing through the middle all the time. <laughs> but the... Um, yeah, I, I wonder whether that actually put Sarri off maybe working for these big capitalist companies and also put them off employing him. You don't want a sort of communist firebrand. The same reason Cristiano Lucarelli didn't ended up at like Livorno, which was a club that kind of fitted with his his political outlook and stuff. So th- there's, Sarri's a slightly unusual case to have that that background in lower level football and then suddenly at you know in his early sixties get this massive job is 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 is. Unusual to say the least. But what's really, I saw Napoli against Nice in the Champions League a few weeks ago, and they are genuinely the best team I've seen play this year. This calendar year, Napoli play the best football. They are absolutely wonderful to watch. And then I flicked on the last half hour of um, them playing Atalanta as well the other day, and Zielinski just draws this, this insane half volley from outside the area. They go on and win 3 1, having been 1 0 down. They're not always amazing, but they are, they're just fantastic. The angles they play at are so unexpected and that must come from Sarri having kind of what's the word kind of concentrated his knowledge having learnt different things and and picked different things up here and there in different forms of football having honed his craft so that now he's, he, is, he has at the, late in life got this, this this amazing job and he can do do stuff that other managers don't do won't do can't do but what's really interesting for that to happen now managers moving fads and we have had the last, since Guardiola, you mentioned Guardiola, since Guardiola and Mourinho in the early, 2000, early to mid-2000s, what we think a manager should look like has changed. So when Chinch was playing, hmm. a manager was a wizened, mustachioed, older gentleman. <laughs> dressed Probably with a hat on. Dressed, Spats. <laughs> dressed like the, like the owner of a small-town leisure centre. <laughs> <laughs> kind of guy who hadn't washed his hair in about three yeah. and a half weeks. <laughs> Oily, tiki skin. <laughs> and Probably had a, a number of grey suits. Yes, um, all yes, different, yes, and yes. a couple of brown ones as well. Yes. A couple of brown ones and a lot of double-breasted yes, suits, yes. large lapel. He was I didn't play in the 50s. You do realise that, don't you? <laughs> Sorry. He was, I basically think of Frank Clark. Frank Clark was what 90s managers... But mm. managers were in their 50s. They were, they were older looking. They were separate from players. In the last 10 years, we've had this drive, managers and coaches... Where we've we've kind of thought, well, they should, they maybe should look more like players. They should be very slender, fashionably dressed, handsome, with tousled hair and designer stubble. And you're in. They should be younger. <laughs> get the get the application. Did he say slim? Did he? Ah, no, yeah. I also said fashionably dressed. He only wears super dry. No, I don't he, only wear super dry. He just largely wear super dry. Largely wear yeah. super dry. Thank so you. So what we think of as being a manager has changed, and there's been this trend towards 
younger managers. So it's, it used to be that they were in their 50s and sort of managing the top division. Then they suddenly they were sort of early 40s, early to mid 40s. Now they're kind of 37, 38, often when they start Brendan Rodgers was, was really young when he was at Liverpool. And it's getting younger and younger, younger and younger. And we, in Germany, for various reasons to do with the academies and stuff, you've seen this incredible kind of rise of this, like the baby coach almost. Nardelsman was 28 when he got the Hoffenheim job. Domenico Tedesco took over at Shelter is 31. Uh, there's, there's six managers in the Bundesliga out of 18 who are under 40 this year, which is astonishing. And what we think of as being a manager has changed. So we, we, it's almost like now not being experienced is better. I don't know whether Sarri, someone with Sarri's background, I don't think there's many cases where they get a high-profile job now. Is because it? you want a young, trendy... Man- Football clubs are like sheep. They do whatever, you know, the, is. what the current trend, trend is. Yeah. And, and that, that's not necessarily a good thing. But So Sarri is very much an outlier. To get, an, to get a big job, having had a, an unglamorous career in the, in the backwaters and the, the shadows... Is not how things go anymore. Isn't there an inherent risk about being a young manager, trumpeted or not, that you have to be successful very quickly or your career could well nosedive and be over? Those managers who have kind of bubbled away under the surface, if you like, if that's how we're describing Maurizio Sarri, he's kind of eventually risen above the parapet and he's, he's got himself an opportunity to show what he's learned. But if you're not successful straight away, you might disappear and never get the opportunity again. So, for example, somebody like Jose Mourinho, the reason, and, and he had a career, a playing career, that was of no note whatsoever. Sarri had no playing career apart from in amateur football. So you can see the, the two there. But the difference was is that Mourinho had such a force of personality that he and he gained success quickly, albeit at a, at a lower level like Sarri, but he got the jump a little bit earlier on. Had he not, having made that jump, for example, to Porto and immediately being successful, would he have the cult surrounding him now and the jobs that he had now because he didn't necessarily have the experience of being a player. He wasn't a famous name and so he wouldn't have necessarily been given the chance to have all these jobs and do the the incredible things that that he has done. If you're comparing him, for example, to Guardiola, mm. Who, mm. who will have a much longer leash because of what he was as a player. Probably in this country, yes. Because so, for example, country, if Eddie Howe goes to Arsenal and it doesn't work out, is Eddie Howe ever going to get a job if Eddie Howe does like that. and it doesn't work out, Eddie Howe will go back to a team of the level of Bournemouth. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And will never get an and opportunity we'll yes. for a big yeah. four or five And six that's what I mean. Same as Rodgers. Again. So Rodgers does really well at Swansea, does actually quite well at Liverpool, but it doesn't work out because what success at Liverpool goes to Celtic, which is a top six team and going to give Brendan, Rob- Brendan Rodgers a job when he, don't, when he leaves Celtic? No, no, they're mm. not. Same with Eddie Howe. There is, there is, he would go back to that level and he would have to start again and you might get lucky. It, you know, not lucky. He might be able to... I don't know, take over at Brighton. And then if Brighton do well, then he might get a shot at Everton. And then if he's a really good manager, he'll, you know, he'd, he'd get to Everton to fourth or something. And that might then get him back into it. But no, the, in this country, if you're young, if you're not high profile, you get one chance. There, the, there are very few journeyman football managers who don't have a, aren't young and obviously don't have a career to fall back on very few journeyman managers who have an an upward trajectory that is smooth Hmm. because for some reason the age part of it isn't necessarily considered as much of as of much value as if you've got a forceful personality Hmm. you you make news and you're going to 
incite some sort of level of enthusiasm from your fans? Yeah, I don't think owners would, would owners look at age if they're trying to recruit. If there's a, uh, an opening at their club, they're going to be looking at experience. They're going to look at well, is he is he over fifty? Is he under fifty? They're not going to look at that, surely, are they? I think they would. They maybe wouldn't look at the actual date on your birth certificate, but I'm sure that they they do look at, you know, what. A, who are other clubs appointing? Mm. What what is it? How would this be looked if, if yeah. we put gave this guy? The yeah. Job? What yeah. what does does this guy look like? Like a manager, like all the other clubs think a manager looks like. Does this guy fit the fit the trend? Does he fit the kind of blueprint of what a manager currently is? So, twenty years ago when you were playing at your peak, mm. Chinch, mm. they wouldn't have 30. given a job to a thirty-one-year-old. No, no, absolutely not. It no, would have no, been ridiculous. No. Yes, they'd have given. They'd, they'd have expected the guy. They wouldn't have cared what what he what age it said on his birth certificate, but they would have wanted him to look like a sort of well-to-do, quite successful second-hand car salesman. That's what they would have thought. <laughs> that's true. I think it's very of a, true. Of a chain true, yeah. of car garages. And that's what they would kind of look like. Swiss Tony. Like Swiss, Swiss Tony. Tony with a lot of brill cream. But there's 80% brill cream, green, now, 20% in, hair. Certainly in Germany, yeah. and it's a great yeah. example, you, you, they are looking for managers who are wearing skinny fit trousers, mm. tailored shirts, and have nice hair. That's what they think managers the look like. So it's as much a fad in Germany as it has been in this country it, when you were describing yeah. the appointment of people the like that. The great thing about Germany is that you can look like you've woken up on a Sunday morning open the fridge, realise you've not got any milk, you've got to pop out to Tesco Express to pick, and you, that's how you can be on the touchline. You can be dressed like that. You can pull on a pair of jeans, <laughs> a sort of zip-up hoodie top, trainers, and you can stand in the technical area in the Bundesliga looking like that. Christian Strike, who was at Freiburg, is the absolute pinnacle of that. But Nagelsmann at uh, Hoffenheim definitely... You know that's enabled him, I feel, to to progress because he can get away with being a thirty-year-old guy who dresses like a thirty-year-old so guy. What are his qualities? If we if we've tried to talk about Sari's qualities are being directly related to everything that has come before, nothing has come before Nagelsmann at this level. I appreciate he's been in the yeah. youth system at Hoffenheim, but but nothing has come before at this level. So what what is his style and what is he what experience is he drawing upon? Well, d- determination in a sort of different way, perhaps to a you know, a, a Sari who's who's learnt the trade the hard way because it, a Nagelsmann, you know, it's a familiar story, isn't it? Was injured at quite a young age, was playing under 19 football at the time, went off to university, did a did a degree in business to start with, then he switched to sports science and a little bit about that side of things. Then he managed to get a coaching job at Augsburg where he worked with Thomas Tuchel who did such a brilliant job at Dortmund. And then he ended up at Hoffenheim who... This this club from like a you know it was a small village outside of uh, Sin, is it Sinsheim the the local town they were, yeah Hoffenheim's like a small village and and there'd been a huge injection of of cash from a local sort of alumni who who'd done well in the sort of IT business and they'd taken this small club you know from a village of about three thousand inhabitants and turned them into into a major sort of you know it, certainly into a team that was capable of competing at Bundesliga level and. Nagelsmann had made a really good impression in their under-17s and then coaching their under-19s. And then February last year, they were second bottom of the Bundesliga. They sacked the manager. And as we've seen, and I know that, Rory, you've looked into this quite a bit in, in Germany, is that they, they don't then look around for another 40, 45-year-old guy very similar to the one they've just sacked. They look at what they've got within the club. Has somebody earned an opportunity with the first team? Nagelsmann had done a brilliant job with the under-19s. And they thought, well, We'll give it, give it Giggsy till the end of the season. <laughs> <laughs> and, he, and he kept them up. Brilliant. Fantastic. Earned an opportunity for a full season in charge. First full season in charge. Takes this club from a tiny little village. And they finished fourth and qualified for the Champions League. And were really unlucky to run into Liverpool in the playoff round. But 
the the rope for him was extended because of his immediate success. Like we're saying that, that he didn't have a career to fall back on in terms of a playing career, and and that's used as yeah. a PR tool as much as anything else. But he clearly had the determination. But would he have gained the respect of the players because of his immediate success? Well, so there's, there's success because if you if mm. if you're a, a veteran player yeah. and you've got a, play, a a manager coming in who's three four years younger than you, doesn't yeah. it? T- it's extra work, is it not? For it depends the, for on the depends on the Vince. Yes, them, it, it the de- right depends on the character of. The, the yeah, we don't want to suggest player. that all the players. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are, are and goons. if they appreciate how good a coach this guy is, the age then becomes immaterial because on the training field they see the quality that he has. So again, it's down to the players responding well. Because Andre Villas-Boas, remember when he came into Chelsea, and there are all sorts of stories about well, John Terry's older than Andre Villas-Boas and doesn't can't respect him because he's not done anything. You know, hmm. you've got you've whether it's just John Terry related, which could well be the truth, but it, you know there are players who, yeah, yeah, who no, might absolutely think there are, that yes. they're bigger, more important, because just because of an age thing. But that, but that, that's again when the players have got to allow themselves to be coached, and it depends on egos. And it, it, this is the problem: is when you when you talk about players of that stature, that can become the problem. They think, wait a minute, this this younger guy shouldn't be doing. That. I know more than he does, this even though I've never snapper. this whipper. It's, that's the problem, and then it's down to the players. Your players, he's a coach. Whether he's, it's something I'd never really thought about until you retire playing and then you have conversations like this. Because I did work with younger coaches, Paul Jewell, uh, still older than me, but younger coaches, Paul Jewell and um, and Danny Wilson. So it it's and they in their mm, were they both good coaches? No, um, <laughs> but but that was nothing to do with it's a whole chapter. It's nothing to do with yes his age was it was to do he was a, a terrible yeah you like Danny Wilson Danny, Danny, Danny was fantastic Paul I, I don't, he, he was a terrible coach a terrible man manager and I just had a terrible time with him but it wasn't just me even though it normally is just me so again it wasn't, it wasn't his age it wasn't his experience it wasn't what do you agree with Robbie Savage on by the way really yeah. okay oh blimey I have to change Quick my views. I have to change my views. Um, yeah, so I, it wasn't anything to do with that. I just based it on what I was learning, what I was seeing, how he was coaching other people, how he was dealing with other people, dealing with people in and around the club as well. So I based it, the lack of respect maybe I had for him then and now would be would be <laughs> based on what I experienced. And actually, I was in, I, surprisingly, I was injured quite a lot. So I got to sit back and watch what was going on. And that actually frustrated him more than anything else. But, Do you think if he'd had his first choice left back available, he oh, might have been more successful as a coach? Not really, no. No. Because that wasn't Andy no, Hitchcliffe. No, that wasn't me. <laughs> I, is, is, it, is it not to do with the, the mentality of the players? The, the idea that in the Premier League, a 30-year-old would be given... Any job in the Premier League would just be unthinkable to, to players, fans, executives alike. Whereas in Germany, we've seen this quite a lot recently that coaches have been promoted from, from the youth team level to the first team, especially if it's in the final few months of the season where they don't want to make a, a big, bold decision about a replacement until they know what sort of position the club is going to be in. So it, it's not as unfamiliar a sensation mm. to a footballer in Germany and any who might be you know relatively new to German football in the dressing room would probably quickly have their mind put at ease by other players who said oh we've, we've seen this before don't don't worry about it it might just be a fad and if they do well they get an opportunity and, and in the English works. Football League I think the, age, the average yeah, yeah. age of coaches coming down because they can't afford to bring people in from outside so they do, they do promote from within or their former players or their injured Chris players Chris Brass so took lot. over at York City when he was 27 mm. and the playing squad so he became player manager when he was 27 so now it's becoming players are seeing it more and more because it's happening more and more not just at certain clubs at, of the vast majority of clubs as well so I'm sure when you see the names that are in charge of clubs in League 1 and 2 
platoon in the championship, they are a lot younger. They'll be well under 40, a lot of these. And the players, just it's just normal now. So maybe it's a bit similar to Germany. Yeah. Premier League's a little bit different because I'm not sure someone at 30 would ever get... Again, risk-reward. It's probably too much of a risk. Yeah, and it's, well, the yeah. difference is in, in Germany that it's worked. So so the reason that you, you see this this kind of influx of younger coaches, whether it's Nardelsmann or it's Tedesco or Hannes Wolf at Stuttgart and... Uh, Schwartz, uh, Schwartz at Mainz Mainz always appoint young coaches there's, there's Sandra Schwartz his first name is uh, there's, there's, as I say there's six of them and then there's people who are even are still by most measures young so Nikol Kovac still quite young really Heiko Herlich at Bayern, Bayern, Bayern Leverkusen is, is 45 or 43 or 45 and that's not old for it's a 48 still young isn't it relatively 48 yeah, yeah, yeah. he's still on the young side I don't side. think you've tipped over I really think, yeah I think yeah. 47 47. 47 is the last basically you if you can't wear a, a tight white fitted shirt yeah, yeah, then you yeah, don't yeah. get a job I'm in tumbling Germany. into the abyss really once you the, 47 the, they, they all owe their jobs firstly to Ralph Rangnick who, who started this kind of trend towards yeah. kind of non-traditional playing background managers in Germany in the 90s then to probably partly to Klopp and at Mainz and, and definitely to Thomas Tuchel. So in Germany, they have seen young managers, often without a particularly kind of high-profile playing background, succeed. So there is, amongst the players and the fans, there is this, it's not frightening anymore. So what you need in England, I guess, is just as when Wenger came in and proved that it was okay to be a foreign manager and you could do well if you were a foreign manager, despite Dr. Joseph Wengloss failing at Aston Villa. <laughs> the, the not at Celtic. Not at Celtic, that's true. But despite as, the fact as, you know, we've, as we've already proved, uh, success at Celtic and success <laughs> yeah. at the Premier League. Just ask Vim Janssen. Exactly. But there was this kind of suspicion of foreign managers, then Wenger comes along and obliterates it, and now, hey-ho, everyone, everyone wants a foreign manager all Is the time. Is it still okay for Wenger to be a Premier League manager? <laughs> that's a different podcast. All right. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so we have to wait for the axe to fall on that okay. one. There's all of these um, sort of psychological barriers for fans, for journalists, for, for executives, for players, for, co- for other coaches and all that. Um, in Germany, what we've seen is, is A, those barriers come down, and B, the other thing about the players in Germany is that a lot of the coaches who've been given a chance coached a lot of the players in the academies. Yeah. So they know them. Yes. And that's the, the German clubs are looking at the, the, their own academies as a genuine source of talent, both for players and, and for coaches. So if you've got a group of players, and Hoffenheim is a good example, they don't have an old squad. It's not like there's loads of 33-year-olds at Hoffenheim. They're, all, they're largely kids. And they will, a lot of them will have played for Nidlesman in one of the youth teams. So they know him, they know he's good. And it's the same, I think, in, in, in a lot of those cases where the, the, the coaches have come up through the system, become familiar faces around the players either at that club or kind of with one of the German age group teams or something like that. So they kind of know they have that reputation, they have that authenticity. So age isn't relevant. Experience is what what clubs want and the the right sort of experience. And the German clubs are looking at it and saying, you might not have managed at the top level, but you have the right sort of coaching experience and tactical experience to work with these players. And that's what we need. Mm. Whereas it doesn't matter how, you you know, you don't particularly need to shave. That doesn't really bother us. You're not... You don't need to prove to these 23-year-old athletes that, look, I've been around for 40 years and I know exactly what I'm doing and also many of my hairs are grey and I have this massive moustache. <laughs> and, and do you need a car? <laughs> and look at my would suits. You, would one, you careful, like to, one careful lady owner. <laughs> would you like to come and work in my branch of HSS? And the... Um, yeah. Good callback, everybody. Good exactly. callback. Exactly. Yeah. That is the, if you weren't listening last week, the hire company Excellent. that uh, yes. Andy has for his power tools, but only over the garden fence. Yes, exactly. Um, Limited customer so, base. So I think that the that's what's brought down the barrier to, to youth. Whereas in England, I mean, you saw it with Cathro, 
at heart, which I know is not in England, but at heart. So when Ian Cathro, who I will admit to a, a partisanship towards, because I do know him a little bit and I do like him a lot, when Catherine took the job at Hearts, there was a lot of resistance to the idea that how could this... It was extraordinary. It was, well, it, it was extraordinary it was, resistance. There, well, a lot of it... There, there was resistance. I think there was also a lot of people saying there shouldn't be any resistance before they'd seen any resistance. <laughs> uh, oh, the, the whole Daily Mail complaining? Yeah, exactly. I've not yeah, read, yeah. seen or read this, but other people are complaining, so yeah. I'm complaining exactly. too. <laughs> so, but Kevin <laughs> Kyle, uh, at least, objected. Uh, so, was it Kevin Kyle? Is that who I I think mean? so, yeah. Yeah. Former uh, Sunderland... Burley, and Burley forward. The, the Burnley, Burnley or the Burnley. Burnley forward, but the, 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 there was this kind of su- su- suspicion of, of Cathro, which is because he was the first. He was the first really to, to come from that background at that age to get a relatively high-profile job, job at Hearts. Whereas in Germany, that that's all gone because Tuchel dealt with that, and Rangnick dealt with that, and Klopp to an extent dealt with that. The others now they're, they're golden. They, the players trust them. The fans know that it can. They don't know that it will work. But they know that it can work. Mm. They know their expectations of what a manager has to look like have changed. And I would say in England, actually, we're probably trapped between the two. So if you take the German example and the Sarri example, we don't really go with either. Just a lot of English clubs would, would think, hang on, this Maurizio character, he's, uh, he's worked with a lot of teams yeah. who aren't massive, so he probably doesn't know how to. Mm. We, we're, very, we're very much convinced of the Premier League's exceptionalism, that it's, unless you've worked in the Premier League, you cannot work in the Premier <laughs> League. Yeah. Mm. And there is a lot of that. And equally, unless don't you've spent trust. £150 million pounds on fullbacks in a the summer, then what do you know about yeah, exactly. what you, in the Premier League? How on earth can you manage? You've never even spent unnecessary amounts of money on players you, you a year later don't want. Yes, you've and never failed to coach anybody before. <laughs> <laughs> and half, half of the skill, and this, we won't go down this because it is a bit of, bit of a tangential cul-de-sac, but half, half of the skills that these people have is recruitment or having the right people to recruit for them because if you think about Hoffenheim some of the recruitment they've done I mean they got Roberto Firmino for what was it three four million yeah that's a really good point you know in in, in Germany that I've not thought about that but that's a really good point in Germany the job got a thumbs up from Steve there the job is coaching I was going to say are they actually out with them being younger are they actually out on the training field with the players they have other people to take care of all the other business that the club does they have directors of football they have executives so they don't need that that side of it. They are employed because they have proven in the academies that they are good at coaching. Yes. So they're out there on the training field yeah. with the, and that goes an awful long rather than standing on the outside watching and shouting, if you I can actually get involved in there and say, pass me the ball and I'll show you. They can still do it. Yeah. What the Glen Hoddleway. The Glen Hoddleway to Sol Campbell. <laughs> Give me the ball, Sol, and I'll just do flicky 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 volley at forty yards. Sol, over to you. <laughs> Straight into the bushes. One of the, Unbelievable one stuff. Of the, one of the inter- he's quite in, they're quite innovative these young coaches as well. One of the things that that that, that Negglesman's done it's uh, Hoffenheim used to get there's like a TV screen the size of a penalty area on their training ground this and is they, what Lee Johnson of Bristol City wants is, to bring in what, apparently he, he yes TV absolutely that's where he's got it from yeah and, yeah and basically they, they put they run in replays of training in real time so the players yeah. can have a, yeah. a look back at what they've done right or wrong and mm. people are giving him all sorts of credit for this. I'm thinking that's just a 30 year old bloke who wants a massive television <laughs> yes yes we've all been agreed there. yes and that's why Lee Johnson wants yeah, a massive Johnson, another, another manager who was mm. when he was given the first job was it uh, was it Oldham yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. Job. he was yeah. only about yeah. twenty eight. And there was a lot of there was a lot of grief when he went yeah. to yeah. when he took the Bristol City job yeah. as well. But, but people yeah. were really resistant to it at Oldham. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. how can he possibly coach in League One? Yeah. What does he know about that? Yeah. Like, but that's 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 a very that's because and it, I'm not going to say that's a very English attitude, but it's that's because our culture hasn't shifted yet. So we still a lot of people still expect managers to be older gentlemen. It has been older man, and the idea that it's a young man, there is this sort of this latent perception that the players won't. We still think about the player-manager relationship as being a teacher-student thing, yeah. mm. as being based on authority, that the manager has to have authority. He's lost the dressing room. The worst thing a manager can do is lose the dressing room. 
Why? The, in, half the players in the dressing room are always Andrews. They're not playing. That's the point. That's kind of what you want. So it's not like they don't have to be kind of obedient to the manager. That's not... Mm. It's, it, it, again, it's, it, we talk about this all the time. But culture, sort of generational culture changes. And that's true in football. The, the players probably wouldn't respond to some guy saying, do this, do that, do that. Yeah. I'm older than well, you. That's, that's the, first, the first I saw with Danny Wilson do that. A younger manager coming in and sitting with the players and saying, right, asking me, asking Des Walker, what's your opinion on what we did yesterday or what we should do today, how we should play? Interacting with the players, working together as a coach and his players, not a coach above his players. That's where things start. Whether that's an age thing, or whether that's just the talent that the coaches have at that age. In Germany, maybe it's the same kind of thing. They work, they know the players when they're the younger age groups or national age group. So they find it easier to, to speak to them. And the players have a voice as well, which I think modern players are keen to have yeah. their but, say in what's but going they know on. That it's, well. The coach has to listen. They know it's necessary. Yeah. Because they wouldn't get away with doing it any other way. We, mm. Yes, football in England has come a long way. It's made a lot of changes, uh, often kind of against the grain but there are a lot of default settings that still remain in place. And in International Week, it's, it's strange to say it, but um, at the end of this conversation, we probably say Germany good, England not quite as good, mm -hmm. which is uh, blown a few minds, I would imagine, just yes. listening to this. So it's a revolutionary view viewpoint. <laughs> yes, because we're nothing if uh, not uh, parochial. And also when a young coach loses two games, what's the first criticism that the fans are going to say? He's too young. He doesn't yeah, know enough. That's true, and that yeah, and that that's maybe a millstone. Yeah, and that's that's completely wrong. The team might have been rubbish for those two games. It doesn't mean the coach is rubbish because he's thirty-seven years old. Well, I'm glad the conversation started with somebody eating flapjack and not being particularly easy to hear, and it also has ended with somebody eating flapjack Sorry? and not being able to. Is that me? Hear them in particular, and you've got to do some more talking now, Andy, because it is mm -hmm. time for. A soccer story. No, Never no, mind, Jack and Ori. What a soccer story. Well, it's all right because oh. Steve is going to help you because he has got a special one question only mm. ask Chinch to prompt a soccer story. Yes. Oh. SHL on Twitter. Hopefully, this will be the, the launch pad for you taking a trip down memory lane, Chinch, because mm. he wants to know one for hashtag ask Chinch. The hashtag still works, people. <laughs> it lives on. Was <laughs> he ever bored playing a match? Bored playing a match. Oh, I'm meant to say no, and I loved every second of every minute well, that's of my wonderful career. But sing, just sing, say goodbye, Nelly. <laughs> yeah, it, seeing that we knew that it, wasn't it the wasn't case, quite, we thought we'd ask the question. There were not, certainly not in, in my my formative years. I was desperately keen to win every match and played 90 minutes right to the final whistle. But the older I got, when you have kids and everything as well, and it's Saturday afternoon and it's half four, and you're three nil down at home to Blackburn. Your mind. How did you get 3-0 down? I don't think we ever did. I'm just sad. It never happened, of course. No team I played. I never lost 3-0. We were 3-0 down. I'd probably been at fault for two of the goals. You get to half four and you think, Ooh, what am I going to have for me tea? <laughs> Chinese would be nice, wouldn't it? Oh, the wingers hurtling past you goalwards. But I did. I find I, I can't put... That's just how I was. I thought about a lot of things on a football pitch. Football wasn't really at the forefront of my mind. <laughs> Sweet and sour chicken... Fry oh, it's lovely though, isn't it? Isn't it nice though? And in my mind did used to wonder, but if we were 4-0 up and enjoying the game, then great, give me the ball, let's score 5-6. and six. If you're 3-0 down, the game's gone, you know you've got a game coming up next week. The professionalism really kicks in and that's when you can think about Chinese food. <laughs> so would you, would you tell me, sat there thinking kind of about like, hot, like jobs, yet, like chores you yeah, have to do next day? Yeah, and I had to finish off an audio book on the way home, so I'm thinking <laughs> John Steinbeck's of Mice and Men. I've got the last 
couple of chapters there. That'd be nice. You know, 3-0 down. We've lost. Get in the car, stick that on. It'd be a nice journey home over the, uh, Sorry, over the snake your, pass. that was your audio entertainment uh, on the way home? Not just of Mice and Men, because it would get a bit tedious after three or four years. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I had a variety. I had a variety of audio books. You know, Dostoevsky, you things like that. I really enjoy. But when you're on the pitch, though, and it was you're say it was about, November, you're thinking about Dostoevsky when you're on the pitch. I think about occasionally I did. Yes, occasionally I did. It's a big, fur, a big. I, I like fire though. It's very good. So I used to think about that, and it was if it was cold, and you just, you know, someone had crossed the ball, they'd hit you on the inside of the thigh, and you had a big red mark, and you knew you got to get in the shower, and it was going to hurt. You just wanted to go home, and just watch a film, have some Chinese food, and just. <laughs> Do what? It's just, it don't, when you're at work, when you're watching them and you're doing a report, you're thinking about, like, you can't constantly, oh, God, every no. second, so your mind, no. your mind does wander. Yeah. Does it not? Of course it does. So, there are things that we all must think about in life. We, we yeah. all concentrate fully. So, why would you expect a footballer, whether modern footballers are still the same, I don't know, sure they're thinking about getting into their Bentley Jeeps and having a bit of Chinese food when they get home with the, uh, with the lady wife. Surely not. No, putting on their uh, shell suit when they get home and <laughs> relaxing. Club branded. It gets you through. Was it a lotto? Club branded one, was it? I th- it probably was. It was very shiny. Yeah. You couldn't iron them. They'd just melt. But <laughs> it got you through the final 15 minutes of a game that you knew was over. Were, were, were you ever genuinely thinking of something else when you made a mistake? Um, was that ever the reason I must behind have been, an error? Because the mistakes I made were so numerous. I can't just have been... Because th- surely I'd have learned my lesson, wouldn't I? One-headed <laughs> own goal, and you think, I really don't want to do that again. But Chinese food, bosh! <laughs> oh, no! I'll have a number 47, an egg fried rice. <laughs> it, wasn't just, <laughs> it wasn't just Chinese food. There was Indian food I did like as well. So you, you, a, cho- a choice of... I tended to think of, of kind of the, the comforts... That you could enjoy. Yeah, that's what you're looking for. You're looking for something to make something you feel Something just good. to, because just to, yeah. it is terrible and you know you're going to get grief and the match reports are going to be awful. You're going to get a four <laughs> out of ten if, at best. And the crowd and the fans aren't going to be happy with you, are they? So it's kind of thinking, all right, try and find a bit of a So it's a, a coping mechanism, lining. you're saying? Is it? It's a coping mechanism. It's just not me not caring about the game, is it? No, no, it's no, a coping a, mechanism. Yeah, very, very deep psychological uh, yeah. road that you send yourself down. Is that to what cope, it was? Cope with the with mm. the fact that you're a terrible footballer. I want yeah. to know whether anybody listening remembers Chinch's playing days and remembers thinking in the final 15 minutes, <laughs> plus whatever time the referee is allowed for stoppages. <laughs> What earth is Andy Hinch Why is he pulling about? out a, a takeaway so menu out of his sock? <laughs> he's just stood there staring into space. The winger's got acres of space. Where's Hinch? Oh, there he is. He's ordering Peking duck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, examples are welcome at setpiece menu or setpiecemenu at gmail.com. We have to draw it to, to a close there because Rory has to get off to spend some time in a darkened room thinking about uh, his next piece for the New York Times. In the meantime, everybody, please do um, subscribe, share, rate and review you as we humbly ask you to continue to find room for us in your podcast schedule thank you to steve andy and rory and to nikki as well that flat jack has taken a beating and to you for listening we'll be back with another set piece menu for you to enjoy very soon indeed i do genuinely have to go you have to go yeah come on then we've got a delivery you got delivery. It's not, it's, it's not the baby. It's fine. <laughs> Whoa, that would have been. Did, did you have a delivery that actually a gentleman from Amazon came to the door yeah, here that guy. to give, that and guy. he just Chinch just turned them away. Roy Smith, no. I'm, no actually, Rosa I'm, actually, Smith. I'm actually getting a, a tactics board delivered. I have to turn them away because we don't speak to the neighbours, so I can't take a package for the neighbours that I don't speak to. I can't just fling it over Do the you know their names? Their driveway. 
Um, do, do you not speak to them? Do you don't like them? I can't say the names because then they'll know who they are. Just Mind the, you, there's only yeah, they, they, <laughs> process of elimination. They know who they, they are. are. <laughs> do you not talk to them because you don't like them? Are you feuding? We had a we had an incident. Is that right? Was it, I didn't have an incident. Was it related to the fact that you clearly favour the other side? No, no, nothing to do with that because they hadn't moved in. The famous architect. Dave Jones and Laura, they hadn't moved in with baby Ethan. Um, <laughs> it seems unfair to identify the baby. A little Why? bit unfair. She never ide- identified oh, baby. You should give lovely. the baby the choice. He's lovely. What? Of being identified? <laughs> yeah, signed a waiver. We'll have to wait 15 years for him to decide. We're not going to be doing this in 15 years. I'll be dead. What do you mean? <laughs> I'll be dead. You won't be dead. 63. 63? You won't be dead. You'll be in the prime of your life, Jim. I will not be in the prime Willibre of my life. Still wearing Portugal. super dry. That's a, a, bit like, a bit like Everton. Will have replaced him with Leighton Baines. Oh, oh that'd be oh nice. Dear.